0: Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Now, if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and be sure to leave us a review. So today, inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Devin Aromashodu. Devin is a former NFL wide receiver who played college football at Auburn and was drafted by the Miami Dolphins in the seventh round of the 2006 NFL Draft. During Devin's NFL career, he played for the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, the Washington Redskins, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Chicago Bears. And I should add that Devin was a member of the Indianapolis Colts when they won Super Bowl 41 in Miami on February 4th, 2007 against my team, the Chicago Bears. Devin, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I appreciate you being here with us today. You know, I've been thinking about our interview over the past few days, and I've got to say that uh, just getting ready for our conversation really brought back some good memories from games of the past, uh, times when I would yell your name at the TV good times, all good, all good things. You know, most people listening to this podcast know that I love football, but I don't really think many of them grasp just how much I get into watching games and yelling at the TV on good plays, bad plays, controversial calls, all of it. Like I, I get pretty intense. Anyway, enough about that. What I want to do to kick off our conversation is let's just talk about you as a kid. I know your dad was fond of football, but wasn't too keen on you playing the game. So. Share with us. And my dad was the same way. I wanted to play football in high school. He didn't want me to. Now I'm a little bit smaller than you, 5'2". So a little bit different. uh, But uh, my dad didn't want me to play either. Tell us, how did you talk your dad into letting you play the game? Share with us a little bit about your story.
1: That's kind of a a funny story. I didn't know that my dad didn't want me to play football until I guess he was interviewed at some point and told some people that. So my dad is, uh, he's Nigerian and uh, he came over here Probably about, I guess, 40, 40 years ago, I think at least. He just grew, grew to love football. So all we did was watch football. We we're both, I'm from Miami and I just became a Dolphins fan. I grew up watching Dan Marino. I didn't know that he didn't want me to play, but I do remember when I was nine, I got a piece of paper about tackle football that they were starting the program for it. And I just brought it home to my dad and I was just so excited to play. And he did let me play. So I don't know, you know, if this is a conversation he had my mother at the time, but I did not know that, you know, he didn't want, he really didn't want me to play.
0: Okay. And so in high school, you continued to play football, but you weren't just a football athlete. You played not one, not two, but three sports. So you played football, basketball, and you ran track. And actually for those listening, you were one of the top sprinters in the state of Florida in high school. Yes,
1: I was, I could run. I, I definitely could run. That was one, one attribute I did have was well I was fast. I always wanted to run track and excel in track.
0: Gotcha. And now when you were looking to play college football, you were looking at a few schools and including Auburn. So tell us, what were the other schools you were considering and why did you choose Auburn?
1: Um, I was considering uh, North Carolina State. So I took my five visits to North Carolina State, Michigan State, Auburn University, Florida, and Ohio State. Ultimately, I ended up choosing um, Auburn because it just... Seemed like just the right place. They had a quarterback by the name of Jason Campbell who was uh be primed to be the guy by the time I got there. So it just seemed like the the right fit for me, and uh, I got the opportunity to play as a freshman, which was at the time something that I wanted to try to accomplish.
0: Right. And now while you were in college, you had 71 catches, 1,333 yards and nine touchdowns in 51 games with Auburn. Share with us two things. What was your most memorable game? And then secondly, what was the game that you learned the most from and what did you learn from it?
1: I would definitely say, I mean, huh, you're going to make me pick one. I guess I have to.
0: Yes. Uh, just one. Just Maybe one. two. If you want to share two, go ahead and share two. OK,
1: I, will have, to, I have to share two. So my first game, my first game, I grew up watching football, as you know. Kind of another thing that sold me on going to Auburn was they just kind of told me, hey, you could be playing here in about six months and starting and, catch, and catching balls, you know, at, at, on national TV. And the first game was um, Monday, Monday evening on Labor Day against USC in Southern California at the L.A. Coliseum, Coliseum with um, Keith Jackson uh, doing the game. So I'm just a big Keith Jackson fan. And, um, you know, I was just like, I just imagine like someone like that calling my name. And just that was a memorable game for me, just playing at that school in a way game. I, I love the way games better than home games, just the opportunity to play there. And I had my first catch there, which was about 42 yards. And that was a big memory for me, just kind of making that, that next step. Another game was we had a game against Tennessee the year we went undefeated at Auburn in 2004 and uh, was on the road at Tennessee, and we just went there. I think it was maybe number number 17 versus number 18, both teams undefeated, and we went there, and I think the final score may, may have been like 38-10, to 10 and we won, and those two games, I have to say, just they, they stand out for me.
0: It's interesting you say that you like playing away games because a lot of people like playing at home and having their own crowd and that energy. So right. what is it about playing away that you like?
1: Um, I just love the adversity. You know, I love when the crowd's quiet. I mean, you score a touchdown and sometimes at, at an, an away game and you can hear a pin drop in there. And I just love that little extra bit of adversity, that extra bit just to want to go against everything that everyone else is, is doing and succeed at it. I love that part of it. That just is it's an adrenaline rush for me.
0: Okay, interesting. And now the other part of my original question was the game that you learned the most from. And the reason I asked this is because Mm -hmm. it's not our successes where we get the the most important lessons. It's through failures or missteps, fumbles. So share with us what was the game that you learned the most from?
1: I would say it wasn't a game, but it was actually a whole season. I had a good freshman year. I started and my second year, my sophomore year at Auburn, I did not play much of any. I think I had three catches. That whole season, I just kind of had to go back, get back to the basics and just, you know, kind of find myself again and just just get my confidence back. It was just a year that I, I wanted to forget, but one that I needed because it was definitely a valley that I had to go through that helped me develop into the player that I was so I actually had a whole season to where it was just not good for me and that was just something that if had had I not gone through that I wouldn't have made it to to where I am today
0: and something that I talk about in my move the ball book is the importance of always looking to improve that improvement focus as I call it was there anyone on the team with you that kind of helped push you to be better
1: um, we actually had a graduate assistant that worked with the with the wide receiver coach and he kind of helped me get kind of, so to speak, get my groove back. Um, he worked, we stay after practice and do different things in the, in the off season in between my sophomore and junior year just to help me just, first of all, build my confidence back and just kind of me realize that I can play at, at this level and I can compete here because I, I was just at a point to where I didn't know if football was even for me, you know, I just had to, kind of find myself again. So it was actually him. He was with me from when I hit that low point all the way until I graduated from Auburn. We even had classes together. So it was just something that just the Lord put in place and it ended up working out for me.
0: And was there anything that he ever said to you that kind of stuck with you?
1: He just told me just be confident. Be confident and don't be afraid to mess up. Be confident in whatever I'm doing and don't be afraid to make, make mistakes. And I think that's kind of what, you know, the downfall of my sophomore year was I was wanting to do everything right, kind of when I did make a mistake, kind of snowballed into me making another mistake, because I was thinking about the first mistake I made, rather than just going and knowing that you may mess up, you just get up and keep going again.
0: I like that. And as I'm listening to you talk, you know, confidence ties to courage, too. And when you're confident, you have that courage to go do things. And if you do mess up, you don't let it phase you, you just figure it out. And and I've talked on previous episodes about how confident people are not people that that are without doubt and confident people are not people that know everything, but what they are is that they believe in their ability to get Definitely. through situations and to figure things out. Definitely. So let's transition to you, you know, going into the NFL. So you were at the NFL Combine, did well, ran a four point three five 4.3540. Uh, uh, you get drafted in the seventh round by the Miami Dolphins. First off, how did that feel to, to get drafted and what was going through your mind when you found that out that you were getting picked up by the Dolphins?
1: Well, it was a bittersweet moment for me. I honestly was thinking I was going to go higher in the draft than than what I actually went. Got some phone calls from some teams. They never end up making the selection. So when it came down to the seventh round, I was like, well, I'm just getting ready for free agency and figure out, you know, where where I'm going to go. Hopefully some teams give me a call. I I got a call from my hometown team and I'm like, wow, this is, you know, a surreal feeling. I was thankful to be drafted, but, you know, a little frustrated at where I got drafted and... at the end of the day, it was just, it was how everyone viewed me. So I, it was my job to go out and change that. Ultimately, it didn't work out for me there. I just couldn't, it was just hard for me to transition into playing at the next level in the city that I grew up in. It was tough from, from day one.
0: And so for people that are looking to make that transition, you know, we had the NFL draft, the virtual draft a couple months ago. I mean, what what advice would you give to, Uh, some of those folks that may be listening on how to position themselves so that they do make a 53 man roster?
1: I would say just go out there and, and fight hard every day. You are business once you get to that level. So you have to, you know, present yourself as one and always give your best and be willing to do whatever it is. And don't be afraid to make a mistake. Everyone there is fighting for a job and you just have to go out there and just compete, continue to compete and fight.
0: Sure. And so, so you were not picked up by the Dolphins. So talk to us about your journey. Like, how did that feel realizing that you were getting caught and then figuring out where you were going to go from there?
1: It was a tough feeling. That was the first time I, I was uh, without, I just didn't have a job, nothing to do. It was, yeah. I was in college and college went well and, and you, to get there and the team tells you, well, we, we don't want you anymore. So from here, I'm, I'm lost. You know, thankful my, my agent, Joel Siegel, he kind of know, just told me somebody give you a call, we'll get it figured out. So the day, I think it was the day I got cut. I went to bed that night. I woke up that morning, I left the hotel and I went and sat down in a restaurant and ate. By the time I finished eating my meal, my agent was like, get your stuff ready, going to Indianapolis. So you know, I'm I'm just I'm not used to moving that fast or doing anything. So of course I'm nervous, and then I'm like, hold on, Peyton Manning is in Indianapolis. I'm like, it makes me even more nervous. I'm like, I'm about to be playing with someone that you know I idolize and look up to, and and the host of receivers that they have. It was a tough feeling, but it didn't last long, and um, you know, I, I was able to, to to get to Indianapolis and and kind of start over and learn from the stuff that I that I messed up on in in Miami.
0: And was there anyone with the Colts that kind of took you under their wing and kind of guided and mentored you?
1: Yes, it was. Reggie Wayne actually uh, took me under his wing and, and guided me we played the same position. He played at University of Miami, so I was familiar with who he was and never met him in person. But I was able to just kind of just watch him play and watch everything he did. And, um, you know, he kind of helped me progress through, through, through the ranks there and, and helped me, helped me with later on in my career.
0: I love Reggie Wayne. I've had the opportunity to meet him a few times. He does have a copy of my book too. Um, He's a great, great person. Uh, So talk to us about, you mentioned a couple of great people, Reggie, Reggie Wayne, Peyton Manning like what in your mind made them so great? It's not just about talent. I mean talent's important, but everyone's got talent. So there's more there that makes uh, elite athletes elite. So what is it about them that really uh, shined in your mind?
1: Um it's just the work the work ethic from those guys. They uh they they work hard. I mean Peyton Manning is like a he's like a brain surgeon there. It has to be perfect. He wants it he knows how he wants it done and that's the way it's going to get done. If it's not done that way, we'll do it over to until we get it that way. That's the first time I've seen a player on a team literally look like, you know, a coach, if not greater than, than the coach with just his attitude, the way stuff was done. And, you know, it's a reflection of what everyone got to see on Sundays for many years. He just works hard and everyone else around him works hard. Then you, have someone like Marvin Harrison, who was practically the, the old player on the team when I got there. He's just, I mean, he's just going to out, outwork you and he just has a lot of natural ability. And, you know, Reggie is just precision. It's just between those two guys, between Reggie's precision and Marvin Harrison's just knowledge of the game and his natural talent. It was just for me as a receiver, it's just all I could do is be a sponge and just soak in as much as I could.
0: Gotcha. So now, after the, the Colts, you went to play for some other teams, including my Chicago Bears. So, talk to us about what it was it like getting to Chicago.
1: Um, that was great. When I when people ask me the the best team I played for, as far as the fans, that they they, they they are the number one fans in sports. Chicago fans are I have a couple stories that I well one story I'll share with you a little later. Um, but um, getting to Chicago, I talked to my agent. He was like, "This is kind of your last chance to try try and stick on a team, or to be pretty tough." So. I went in, had a good training camp, made the team, and you know from that point on, it's just things started to 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 go in the right direction for me, and I ended up having a couple of good seasons there. So it was it was definitely fun to play in Chicago. I had uh one one story I can tell you. I was walking down downtown, I think, on Michigan, and um Greg Olson, who was a tight end there at the time, uh he walked by me, and I think I was at the store. I went to the uh I went to a store that one store to get some stuff I went to actually I went to the Gucci store downtown to buy a couple things so I was walking down and I walked past Greg and I uh he, he was with uh Will Farrell and he was like why don't you come eat with us and I'm always I'm kind of to myself I'm like no nah, I'm, I'm fine he's like no you come come eat with us so I go eat with uh Will Farrell and the guy off of uh King of Queens I think it is can't remember his name so we all go eat, and I'm like, "Wow, this is this is crazy." I'm sitting down eating with, with Will Ferrell, and I've watched a bunch of his movies. The minute I leave there, I see some stuff on the internet like Devin, Devin Romshu, and XS is walking with such and such with a with a Gucci bag and all this stuff. And I'm like, "This is I'm like this is crazy." I've never I've never experienced or had anything like that before. So it was just it was a great feeling to know because Will Ferrell's a a diehard Chicago fan. So he's asking all type of questions, all type of crazy stuff. And that was just a fun experience. That just let me know, like, wow, people really love their sports in Chicago.
0: Yeah, Chicago's got loyal fans through and through. I mean, right. your, your teams could be winning. They could be losing. And Chicago's had a lot of teams that have not had stellar season. There's been some good runs, right. too. But they are definitely loyal and they love their sports.
1: Mm-hmm, yes, it was definitely the, as far as fans go, the number one team. And I have one more. One more small little story. So when I got to Minnesota, we came back and played in Chicago. And as a player, I've never even thought I was even even important enough for someone to heckle me. But when we came back and played in Chicago, I got heckled by a group of fans pretty much coming in the stadium and leaving the stadium. So, you know, that's when I knew, OK, Chicago fans are, are about their business and they, they know their sports.
0: <laughs> yes, they do. So let's talk about Minnesota and Chicago. When you were a Bear, you played a, a big part in a Monday night football game. Uh, the Bears ended up beating the Vikings uh, in overtime and you actually caught the game winning touchdown in overtime. Yes. So talk to us about that
1: game. Um, that was the best game of my career. Definitely a memorable one. It's a lot of greats, a lot of Hall of Famers were on that field that night, well, future Hall of Famers. It was just fun. It was towards the end of the season. I was completing my first, I think my second season in in Chicago, and uh, we didn't have anything to lose, and I certainly didn't. And I went out there and I, I gave it everything I had. It was the last Monday night season of the game, and ironically, my best friend, who I got drafted with to the Dolphins with, he was now with, with the Vikings. So, you know, he was rooting for me, wanting me to have a good game, but not too good of a game because they had home field advantage pretty much riding on that game. And, uh, you know, I, I went out, well, we went out there and had a, and had a tremendous game. I personally had the best game of my career and, you know, we were able to win and kind of just spoil their, their home field advantage and probably cost them an opportunity, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Cause I don't think that year, no one was winning in uh in 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 minnesota so um you know it was a a memorable game and to be on the field with someone like brett Favre and just just spoil that was definitely a high point for me
0: sure and so this particular game it was an overtime game but it was before the nfl changed their overtime rules uh to the sudden death overtime format um right and so for those that aren't familiar, because not everyone uh, listening is a diehard football fan uh, before it was whoever scores first wins the game. Whereas right. now both teams have the opportunity to, uh, to possess the ball unless the, the first team that, uh, that gets the ball scores a touchdown and then they win. And right. so right. given that the rules were a little bit different back then it, it's kind of important to score first, right? And so right. you score that game-winning touchdown. How did you remain mentally locked in in this crucial game to make that key play?
1: I just, I just wanted it. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I wanted that opportunity. I had been waiting for it the whole season, and I was not going to let it pass me by. I kind of got off to to a good start that game, and just I was just ready for anything Jay had to throw throw at me that game, and I was just. It was just it was just my night. I, I honestly think it was. Um, and we as a team, we as a unit, we weren't we weren't gonna lose, we weren't gonna give up on our season, even though we weren't going to the playoffs. We still had, you know, Chicago fans there rooting us on and it was a Monday night game. You can't, you can't not show up for a Monday night game. And we we showed up.
0: Sure. And now you mentioned there are a lot of Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers uh, Mm -hmm. that were on the field during that game. And, you know, I mean, to be a Hall of Famer, obviously, again, great talent, right? Great performance on the field. It also requires great leadership. So when you look at some of those Hall of Famers, I guess, what are some of the other qualities that you think are necessary for someone to be a good leader, uh, both on and off the field?
1: I think a leader is someone who leads by example, mainly, you know, that's big for me, someone that, you know, not only can talk it, but can walk it. You know, they don't have to say it all the time. It's just something that you see in them and they push you, they push others around them and they make sure they make sure everyone else is giving, giving everything they got. And, and especially in team sport, you need that. And then it, it never put, put the eye in team, just someone that it just builds camaraderie and pushes everyone to be better. When you, when you see some of those people that are Hall of Famers just they they make everyone about around them better and you don't want to mess up. You want to give your best because you know that leader is out there giving their best as well. So I think those are those are some of the qualities that they uh they actually on the team sport, they actually make everyone else better
0: that is, in my mind, the definition of a great leader is one that empowers people, Mm -hmm. that pushes people, that makes people want to bring that best version of themselves onto the the quote-unquote field, whether that's an actual football field or just, you know, the field of business, right, in in the business world and do their best. So, I think that's a great answer. So, let's transition. It's time for you to hang up your cleats and leave playing professional football. Talk to us about what that transition was like for you.
1: Um, it was it wasn't it was a little tough at first. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I actually didn't have my degree from Auburn, so I, I'm 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 very competitive, and uh, I watched my sister get her degree, and she's about seven years younger than me. So I was like, okay, I need to go back to school and uh, finish up my degree, and that's that's what I did. I went back to school and I got my degree in business administration, and. I kind of just moved forward from there and trying to figure out what, what I wanted to do, and I still wasn't sure. I tried a couple of things out, and I made the decision to get into um, mortgage banking. I had a friend that I went to college with that, was, uh, that got into mortgage banking when we got out, so he had been in the business about almost 10 years. And he gave me the opportunity to get into the business. But it was it was a little bit of a tough transition. But the part in me wouldn't let me give up. I knew I knew I still had more to offer. And that's that's kind of how I got to this point.
0: And was there anything that you learned from playing football that helped you to uh, to continue to figure out where you're going and onto the path of mortgage banking? Any lessons that you learned from playing the game?
1: Just to never give up and just to, to give my all and don't focus on what people say there's a lot of outside noise just do your best and that that's really what I learned from sports just to just to keep going and just push myself that, that, that that's what the more I push myself is always has allowed me to grow in certain areas and, and make myself uncomfortable so that's one of the key things I did learn from sports.
0: Sure. And now one other thing that I talk about in my book or that I wrote about in my book is it's not just about being a player. It's about giving back and paying it forward and doing things to make an impact on other people. And I know you do a lot to make a difference in the communities. Uh, share with us some of the things that you've done recently to, to make a positive impact.
1: Um, well, while I was playing, I had some uh, camps at my high school where I went to high school and I noticed one thing we had a few guys that played in the NFL when I was in high school and I asked my head coach I was like do any of these guys ever come back or anything like that he said they come back a little bit and I said if I ever make it I'm going to come back and have a camp here and that was a kind of a promise I made to him and myself to be able to do that so that was very you know self-rewarding to come back to my high school and just not only not as an athlete but just as someone that achieve the goal or dream they had so that's really what I wanted to preach to the kids that came to the camp was that you can do anything you put your mind to. I have done that I did a uh, event for the for the inner city youth in Chicago um, to where I was able to take them take them uh, shopping to get school supplies and clothes before the school year started. I've also done something in the city I live in now which is Birmingham Alabama for Children's Hospital to where we had an event at Topgolf and we were able to raise money and donate it to a Children's Hospital of Alabama.
0: That's great. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that it's important for everybody to look at, you know, find those things that are, you're passionate about and then get involved in causes that can really make an impact because, you know, move, being able to move the ball is not just about what you do in your life. It's about what you do for other people. So I appreciate you sharing some of the Definitely. things that you've been, you've been doing. So Definitely. what I want to do now is I want to transition to my two-minute drill. Are you ready? All right. Okay, here we go. What is your favorite food?
1: Uh, steak.
0: How do you like it cooked? Medium. Okay. How about what is your favorite movie?
1: The Matrix.
0: Okay. How about what is your favorite football movie?
1: Get the name of it.
0: How can it be uh, your favorite if you forgot the name?
1: It, 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 <laughs> because you said football movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't really watch t-
0: okay, <laughs> okay, fair enough. I just thought yeah. I'd throw that in there and see if you it's had It's
1: The one, one with, Den- with Denzel Washington when they were coaching the team and trying to integrate the teams
0: remember the titans
1: yeah remember the titans yes. i
0: know that because it's my favorite football movie. yes
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right i just threw that one in there so what's your favorite sports team professional sports team
1: um mommy dolphins i'm from miami
0: how about what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten from a coach or a mentor
1: best piece of advice i've gotten is don't give up don't give up keep going
0: and how about what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone
1: don't be afraid to make mistakes.
0: I like that. All right, and then what, how about, what is something that most people don't know about you?
1: I love playing video games.
0: Any particular oh, one?
1: I'm a big soccer fan, I love soccer. So I, I like playing sports video games. FIFA is one that I like, but uh, video games in general.
0: Okay, and then the last question is, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why?
1: I've always loved speed, so I would say Flash because he's very fast. So that was kind of an attribute I had. I was, I was fairly fast, so flash.
0: Gotcha. Okay, great. Now, as we wrap up today's show, tell our listeners what's the best way to follow you and kind of keep up with what you're up to.
1: Best way to follow me is on LinkedIn or on Facebook. That's, that's pretty much it. Just type my name in and you'll find me and we can definitely connect and see how we can help each other grow.
0: Great. And we'll be sure to put those links in the show notes so people can can find you on social media. Okay. Well, Devin, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you.
1: All right. Thank you very much too, Jane.
0: And thanks again to everyone for listening. We will talk to you on the next episode. And until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball
1: movement.